Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, uh, we'll be talking to Shanoa Fonsworth from Blue Startups. And uh, she's here to talk about the upcoming East Meets West Conference. And then we'll be joined by Matthew Sullivan from Oceanet. And we'll talk about their latest invention and acquisition, well, actually sale, uh, it's a product called Blast Ninja. I love the name, and we'll talk all about that in, in a few minutes. But uh, right now, I want to welcome uh, Shanoa Fonsworth back to the show, and she's got uh, all kinds of stuff coming up. And one of one of the events, a signature annual event uh, that uh, we always look forward to is East Meets West. Shanoa, welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks for having me, Bert. Okay, Shanoa, East meets West. This is the is this the first one that's kind of like back to in person since uh, COVID? Yeah. Or it is right. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. It's our re- return to uh, in real life uh, <laughs> events here. So uh, how, how how you yeah how are you getting used to uh, return to real life you know in person kind of events? I mean they're they're happening all over the place. I, I you know I can barely keep up with you know all the stuff that's going on. Well, I think there's a lot of pent-up demand. So, you know, normally we hold this event in January, and come January, my my inbox is just flooded with inquiries. When is East Meets West? When is East? Are you doing East Meets West this year? <laughs> so, you know, I, uh, I I felt you know the pressure. <laughs> oh yeah. To do the event and in, uh, in 2023, since it seemed finally feasible. So we did have to change dates a little bit. It's going to be, you know, May 18th and 19th this year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but normally in January. So that's a bit of a change just um, because we needed some planning time once we knew we could do it. Um, but, yeah, it will all be in person. No option to Zoom in or, uh, you know, have any other live feed access. Yeah, have to show up. not virtual. It's all in person. So. Tell us a little bit about what East Meets West, if, if, if there's anybody out there that might not know what East Meets West is all about. Yeah, so it is an event uh, here in Honolulu that brings together entrepreneurs and investors, as we say, from both sides of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. And the idea of meeting in the middle, using Hawaii as that meeting place, and also a chance for Hawaii to showcase its contributions to this global conversation around technology and innovation. Now, you know, you um, have typically over the years had somebody that was your kind of primary point person for the the east side of the in, investor VC community. Uh, mm-hmm. it, who's, who's that person these days? I mean, it's still the same person, Casey Lau. Okay. He's okay. been my, my guy in Asia, uh-huh. as you could call him, all these years and continues to stay involved and show up and is helping again this year. So, um, yeah, we, we'd, uh, we'd be lost without him, although we have a lot of other contributors this year uh, helping us with sourcing um, speakers. Um, Takaho from Meiji Connection has been very involved, mm-hmm. and uh, Talk from Venture Cafe Tokyo has been very involved. So we've had some other uh, help from that side of the equation. Um, and then, you know, from Hawaii, of course, we have our sponsors. We're super grateful for Kamehameha Schools coming in again and other local sponsors, Servco, Altris, um, ASB, etc. We've got a lot of great support this year. 
And um, so we'll have all of those folks as a part of the conversation. And then a good dose of mainlanders, too. So we've got people coming in from New York and California and the Northwest. And, yeah. So, Shanoa, tell me, are who are some of the companies you might be showcasing that are from Hawaii? Any Anyone you want to mention or talk about? Well, we haven't. Uh, so we are going to have a pitch competition. Okay. That's part of the event, as mm-hmm. it always is, at the kind of the culminating uh, piece of the event. So we will have some Hawaii companies pitching. I can't disclose that yet. We haven't done formal, um, you know, selection for the pitch competition, but right. we'll have a few companies from Asia, companies from, again, the U.S. mainland, and companies from Hawaii pitching. Oh, okay. Um, so all of those folks will be involved. And then on various panels and speakers and such, we also have um, those, you know, folks involved. So it's it's going to be a good mix for every conversation. Our goal is to have representation from Asia, from the U.S. mainland, and from Hawaii. So kind of three different perspectives on each topic. So you know how these uh, <clears throat> venture folks, they kind of have a, a topic of the you know, maybe an, a, a topic of the week, a tech of the week, or right. something that's a, a, a you know kind of a high priority. What is it? What is Casey saying is really of interest <laughs> from the from the Asia point of view? So um, definitely, still a lot of discussion around Web three mm-hmm. and all of its you know various interpretations and iterations and forms. So we will have a Web three panel. Um, Casey is going to be moderating that. That will be bringing back some of our guests from previous years, actually, uh, who have all com- come together and are forming, have formed a new company called PKO. Um, that is um, Patrick Lee from Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. Holly Liu from Kabam, and Kung Gao from Crunchyroll. We've all been past speakers um, and are now working together on a Web3 company. So uh, we'll definitely be talking about that. Um, we'll be talking about AI. That's another very hot topic at the moment. Yeah. Talking about I bet, I mean, generative AI. Well, the whole, yeah. the whole topic on uh, AI and chat GPT, I'm, I'm, I'm taking them. You know, that's, yeah. that's taking everything by storm. I mean, you know, it really is. <laughs> you know, you don't even have to write a, a strategic plan anymore. You just, you know, just ask chat GPT for a strategic plan. Mm-hmm. It'll, <laughs> they'll generate mm-hmm. it like right yeah. off the fly. Yeah, exactly. So we have a really interesting speaker that's going to be talking about um, the kind of AI issues. Mm -hmm. Um, His name is Kaiser Kaderi. He is um, at Stanford right now, and he leads the director of, he's like the director there of the Human Perception Lab. And so he is an expert at human-centered AI so we'll be learning from him all of these implications for people with regards to the AI revolution and, you know, both the good and the bad, I'm sure. Well, you but know, I think that, that would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, this is uh, this conversation can go on and on. And I, I, <laughs> I like the way that uh, I think uh, there's some really interesting topics that are going to be covered at East Meets West. So it's coming up, what, May 18th, you said. Where, where can people find out more information mm-hmm. and sign up and, and check this out? Yeah, it's May 18th and 19th. It's going to be at the Aloha Tower facilities, um, the HPU 
campus there, and uh, they can find information at bluestartups.com under our events page or directly at eastmeetswest.co. That's where you can get tickets. Tickets are on sale now. They're early bird pricing still in effect for the next couple of weeks. So Sounds good. Yeah, get your tickets. Yeah, sounds good. Mahalo, Chanel, for joining me. All right, Bert. Thanks for having me. Okay, right on. Yeah, we'll see you all. See everybody there in on May 18th. Of course, we'll be back after a short break, and we will return and be joined by Matthew Sullivan from Oceanet. We're going to be talking about something called Blast Ninja. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm Bert Lum, and I want to welcome to the show Matt Sullivan. He's the director of product over at Oceanit, and he's here to talk about something called Blast Ninja. Of course, I'll let him explain exactly what that is, but uh, Matt, I want to welcome you to Bite Marks Cafe. Hey, thank you, Bert. Aloha. And thanks for, yeah, thanks for having me. Now, you know, uh, uh, before the show, we were chatting a little bit about uh you know, making making nozzles uh, kind of sexy, and I think you know you picking a name like Blast Ninja is is a step in that definite right direction. <laughs> you know uh-huh. that that's kind of you yeah. know getting it, it. It piqued my interest and and wanted me to you know I, I wanted to find out more information about this. But you know what I what I really want to find out about, and I I think that's uh, kind of an interesting story in and of itself. Is you know what what came first? I mean, you guys were doing research in in uh, noise reduction for in aerospace and you know what what kind of like uh pointed you in the direction of using some of that technology for i guess finding a way to reduce the noise in this in this high pressure you know blast nozzle yeah so uh, you know my experience with blast nozzles abrasive blasting was kind of goes back to shop and maybe in high school mm-hmm. i don't know you're right you you know, sandblasted things. It's usually like a sandblasting cabinet. You have these big rubber gloves you stick your hands in, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you clean a probably a metal surface usually. So that's what I thought when I thought of sandblasting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, where the problem came from is we realized that most of the heavy industrial industry that does any type of surface preparation, so if you want to paint something, you want to paint a train mm-hmm. or a ship, um, they all have to do abrasive blasting, and it's just a scaled-up version of that tabletop version that I used in shop. So mm-hmm. you, you essentially shoot sand at really high speed at these you know, metal surfaces, and it creates these super loud noises. The, the air goes supersonic. So if you can imagine, you know, even with hearing protection, standing right. next to a supersonic jet, right. you know, it, it hurts, <laughs> and you go deaf. Yeah. So... We realized, you know, hey, this is a big problem. Um, we started to look into it. Um, the def- Defense Department actually did a study on noise-induced hearing losses, and it's actually one of the biggest disability benefits they pay per year. It's about a billion dollars per year. And, you know, it runs the gamut of all types of hearing loss, but this type of hearing loss around uh, industrial cleaning is one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. So we thought, mm-hmm. hey, we should develop a new technology uh, to solve this problem. And then... You know, we convinced the, the military, so Air Force and Navy actually funded the initial development 
of the technology that went into this. And how long so, how long ago was that? Was that was that via SBIR? You know, was that uh, something that you know the Air Force expressed interest in? How did how did Oceanet get involved at that stage of the game? Yeah, no, good question. Um, you know, I was looking back, and it actually goes back ten years. If you can believe that? Wow. So the original research started ten years ago, and back then, you know, you know, we Ocean has been around for about you know, a little over thirty-five years. We're based out of Honolulu. You know, this is our home, mm-hmm. and we've been doing research with a lot of these organizations for a while. So they come to us sometimes when they have problems, or we say, "Hey, you know." Would this be a problem that you guys would fund? Mm-hmm. So it was a match that way early on. Um, and we started working early on with the Air Force to build these novels to clean their fighter jets, actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at a military base in Utah. And we, we built this whole system. It reduced noise perfectly. And then we started testing with the actual people using the novels. And they just wouldn't use them. And they're like, this is too much work. We're not going to change what we're doing to use your quiet novel, like, uh, it's great, but, you know, if we have to stand here any longer than we already do, we're not going to use it. So it's this process of, um, you know, need finding, empathy, design thinking, you know, mm-hmm. that I think, you know, we talk a lot about, but really trying to get in front of users, get their feedback early on to really figure out what is the successful product going to be. And it's not just the technology or just the performance, but it has to be a, a good fit kind of all around. So. So Matt, it Matt, took us ten years. Yeah, go ahead. Go so ahead. so yeah, so you you described a situation where you produced a, a nozzle. It was quieter than what they had already been using. I mean, I, I gotta imagine it's not a big uh, deal to to fit the new nozzle onto the you know onto whatever equipment they had yeah. uh, the the old nozzle on. But why yeah. was there resistance or hesitation to use it? I mean, they don't have to work well, any longer. They can work shorter, but not be <laughs> might not be well, exposed well, to as loud well, a noise. That was the catch. So two things. One was setup time. They don't want to set up anything. And we learned that they're not scientists. Whereas, you know, us at Oceanet, we're all geeking out on, like, the pressures and the abrasive velocity and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. The people doing the work, they Mm -hmm. could care less. Mm -hmm. So they're just like, I want to plug it in and go. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to calibrate it at all. And then the second thing is what you mentioned, the production rate. So the production rate was actually lower, slightly lower, but, you know, low enough for them to say, hey, I don't want to use this thing if I'm going to stand here another five minutes, then I have to. Oh, I see. Um, I see. It's, you know, cleaning a surface is a little bit uh, mind-numbing, I guess. Yeah. It's funny, though, you know, there's a following on YouTube of people just watching people abrasive blast or power wash. I guess some people find it relaxing, just the <laughs> monotony of going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, not for everybody, so. Okay. Okay, so then... You got that first sort of rejection. What did you do uh, when you went back to the lab? I mean, how did you, how did you fix that problem? You know, through maybe a design thinking process, or what? What innovation got you over that hump? Yeah, so so we went back to the drawing board. We iterated, we tested. You know, there's a, a couple um, companies locally that we tested with um, to iterate on prototypes mm-hmm. to see what worked, what didn't, and we ended up with a simpler design that. It still reduced noise uh, pretty significantly, but not as much. And what we found is that that's enough for the, to make an impact in the industry. So it was finding this right balance of, um, you know, enough noise reduction, but definitely ease of use and manufacturability. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. kind of have to get all the pieces right in order for this to be a viable product that the industry wants to use. 
And, you know, it's, it's a good example of any startup, you know, trying to figure out product market fit. You just have to iterate through the cycles and well, during know, this, hope uh, we have enough runway to get there. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about runway. I mean, you know, if you had started 10 years ago, you created a prototype, got people to take a look at it, got that sort of initial rejection, and, and then, but you went back to the drawing board. I mean, and, you know, going back to the drawing board, was that, was that, um, maybe, uh, Seven years ago, I mean, how, what was the the timeline that kept you folks continuing to improve the product, and was there continued interest by the industry to keep you going through yeah. this ten years that which which ultimately ended uh, with uh, with an acquisition? So we want to get to that point, but you know, over the course yeah. of time, you're you're improving the product, uh, still needing to get reassurance that the industry is interested, right? So you still have to go back out there and. And, and get the uh, industry acceptance, right? No, exactly. And, you know, I think um, any any startup, any new uh, product, there's going to be skepticism in the market, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to convince people that what you have is going to be useful and that people will eventually buy it and adopt it. And, you know, we definitely uh, struggled with that. And, you know, the, the saying in startup world is when you hit product market fit, everything just starts to move, right? You know, the canoe analogy, you're, you're paddling in a six-man canoe and everyone's paddling in different directions. Mm-hmm. And then once you start to really hit the groove, you just start to fly. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we were able to hit probably, I don't know, years five or six in. Mm-hmm. We really hit mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and the industry just pulled. And, you know, we, we came up with this name, Blast Ninja, uh, originally, we thought it was kind of silly, and we designed this cute logo, and uh, people just loved it. There, you know, it, was, it was different. I think the industry is used to pretty like bland, mm-hmm. old school marketing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we came in with like new packaging, new design, uh, sexy nozzle. If you can make a nozzle sexy, you know, it was just totally different. Uh, taking a lot of the lessons that we learned building more consumer focused startup products. And building that for industrial products. So exactly. Yeah. I think, so yeah, I think it, you know we got a lot of initial pull, and uh, the industry just kind of ate it up to start with. Now, when you when you talk about the industry, obviously that's not in Hawaii, right? So you're you're out there marketing this to, uh, you know, the folks that are either in the military or in this sort of very uh, industrial uh, base where they're doing sort of you know sandblasting trains or something i mean so how do you find how do you find these customers they're not like they're not in hawaii you have to go to trade shows or what what is it that that gets uh blast ninja exposed to this um industry yeah good question um so you know we we think of uh our, our saying is from hawaii to the world and the market is the world but we design and build things here in hawaii that's where our ideas come from mm-hmm. so this is a great example of that um a majority of industrial manufacturing is not in Hawaii. It's in, you know, Pennsylvania. That's mm-hmm. where Kenna Metal, the company that bought it, is headquartered. Um, but, you know, all throughout the world, so Australia, Australia, New Zealand, UK, Europe, um, we started to get uh, customers from all these different regions wanting to use the product. And the first conference that we attended was in Long Beach, California. It's um, one of these industry-specific conferences it's the AMPP, which is like a trade, you know, for industrial surface coating. It's kind mm-hmm. of a niche thing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we we couldn't afford a booth, 
So we just showed up and <laughs> walked around yeah. and brought some nozzles. And people were like, hey, I recognize that logo. You guys are Blast Ninja. And we were, we were surprised that people recognized us. And, you know, we made a lot of friends. We got a lot of introductions. Um, ultimately, one of them led to this acquisition, you know, well, a few years later. But, you know, well, I think... You, yeah. you know, I gotta, I gotta. Now you got me interested. I want to see what the logo looks like because uh, I, I went to Blast Ninja, <laughs> but I think since the acquisition, uh, they might have moved the uh, website. But you know, I, I want to uh, continue that conversation because I want to talk about Kenna Metal and how how that all worked out. So we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back to have this short break to continue our conversation with Matt Sullivan, director of product over at Oceanet. We're talking about Blast Ninja, and this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bike Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bike Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Matt Sullivan over at Oceanet. And uh, I do want to have him talk about something that they refer to as mind to market, and we're kind of getting into that with uh, their new product innovation called Blast Ninja. Uh, but right before the break, um, I, I, you know, Matt and I were talking about uh, getting the word out, and, and I like the idea that, uh, Matt, I mean, it sounds like what I would do. You know, I would just show up at a conference or a trade show and not get a, <laughs> not get a table and, you know, just have a bag full of uh, giveaways or something. And, but I'm, I'm impressed. Somebody recognized the, the logo, so that means you did create something that was kind of sexy and memorable. Yeah, I, I think um, we, we tried to bring modern marketing techniques to an old industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this, this industry is, is old school. It's um, salespeople going out to customer sites and selling them. And it's not, there's no online sales. Uh, there's not a lot of social media um, there's not a lot of graphic design or packaging. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we took all the things that we learned from other companies that we've built in the consumer space and applied them to this industry. And I think the industry really liked it. That's and great. It kind of became a social media sensation. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, great. You, you yeah. get these guys that look really gruff. You know, I don't know, ZZ Top, if you know, that comes to mind. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, you know, guys with sunglasses and beards and Texas and whatever, and they're posting on Facebook and Instagram being like, you guys got to check out these novels. <laughs> they're the next greatest thing. And uh, it just kind of snowballed into this following. And well, yeah, yeah. You got lucky. Well, you know, I got to say, you, you know, I, I follow Oceanet on, on Instagram, but I haven't seen any, you know, Blast Ninja videos or anything i mean you know that could be something that you get started maybe do a ocean at uh tiktok with blast ninja or something you know <laughs> yeah, that's right so so yeah. so matt tell me uh, how did how did the uh, kenna metal what is kenna metal and how did they get uh how did you get their attention yeah so so kenna metal um they're a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange they've been around for i think a couple hundred years and they're the the leaders in uh hard uh, carbide tools. So you can mm-hmm. think of drill bits. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. make drill bits and ceramic tools kind of across anything related to infrastructure, energy, um, kind of all the heavy industry, they supply them with these tooling. Mm-hmm. And one of their business lines is nozzles. So it's funny, um, the guy that you know originally reached out to us, um, his name is Larry, and he's a uh, we kind of call him the godfather of, of novels because 
everyone in the industry knows him. Mm -hmm. He's been there for, I don't know, 40 years. And when he reached out originally, his email to me was, hey, I'm from Ken and Metal. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I was like, no. He's like, no, we're not, we're not ready. Let's talk, let's talk in two years. So anyway, I, I pinged him again in two years, and I, you know, I said, oh, I, I realized who you are and you know, would love to get together and you know, tell you more about the tech. And uh, we hit it off, and you know, he, finding someone like that, an advocate from the inside who knows everybody, yeah. is key if you're trying to get adoption in, in any new market. So, you know, we showed him that you know we're really trying to make an impact and a difference in this industry for better, and that the technology works and the product works. And I think getting him to you know really advocate for us early on was one of the ways that we made this successful in the end. So, so Matt, I mean, you know, in terms of a product, <clears throat> product lifecycle has a has various paths that it could go on, and you know, Oceanet could have continued to. Uh, manufacture the product, you know, sell sell the product, find you know find distribution outlets for the product. But another path could have been for a company like Kenna Metal to acquire the product. And and what what made you decide one way or the other? Was one an acquisition more, let's say, profitable, and was it more um, kind of a a, a clean um, accomplishment, I guess, of a of a product that was created and and was recognized as a valuable, you know, uh, let's say, um, inclusion to their inventory. And that's why mm-hmm. it was better for them to sort of pick it up and then, and then they become the distributor uh, and man- mm-hmm. manufacturer and distributor of it. Yeah. Well, it's a good question. Um, it made a lot of sense for them. You know, they're the market leaders and they want to offer, you know, the best products to their customers. I think for us, you know, we're doing so much at Oceanet. Mm-hmm. We're in um, so many different industries. You know, we have our rapid COVID tests, for example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have cooling vests and the kind of the list goes on. So we always have to ask ourselves, is this a product or industry we want to be in for the next five to 10 years? And I think when it just came down to it, we thought we could do better by uh, selling the technology or or, you know, getting it acquired and mm-hmm. reinvesting that back into what we think we do well here, which is innovation. And, um, you know, so, some of those resources go back into education, internships, workforce development. We're really trying to build our workforce here, our tech workforce in Hawaii. Um, and then also uh, fund new technologies that we think have potential for more growth, more impact, or maybe are a better fit for Hawaii or Hawaii business. Yeah, no, that's great. So, and, and, uh, I, I noticed that you're using mind to market, and and maybe in the next thirty seconds, can you kind of explain? I mean, it, it pretty makes pretty much makes sense already. But uh, what is mind to market? Yeah, so so we think of new ideas, new technologies, and we turn them into products and services and get them into markets. I think a lot of research companies and universities stop at the research area and they never make anything through the market. So. We're trying to use design thinking and these different tools to eventually make research impactful um, to the world. So that's what Mind the Market is. That sounds great. Of course, uh, Matt, where can people find out more about Blast Ninja and, and Oceanit? Well, if you go to Oceanit.com, that's probably the best place to start. Uh, the Canon Metal, I, I think, has their... They're doing something with the acquisition. So I, I shared the link with you, Bert. Okay, uh, I'll put it. Maybe you could post that later. Sounds uh, good. 
Matt, I'll, I'll put that up on our show notes for later. Matt Sullivan is the director of product, uh, director of product over at Oceanet, and of course, he's leading the rollout and acquisition of Blast Ninja. And Matt, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Okay, and thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about the latest happenings over the aquaculture accelerator called Hatch. And of course, uh, if you, uh, of course, I want to thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. You can join us uh, next week. And if you miss any part of this this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarscafe.org. Our engineer is David Chung. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week for another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.